The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Welcome to Understanding the Law. Your host for the program is Peter Lamont. Mr. Lamont is a business and personal law attorney and the principal of the law offices of Peter J. Lamont. The firm has offices in New Jersey, New York, Colorado, Puerto Rico, and affiliated offices throughout the country. Understanding the Law is a weekly radio broadcast discussing a variety of legal topics that affect our listeners. Please note that this broadcast does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship with any of our listeners. As always, we welcome calls from our listeners. If you wish to discuss any of today's topics, please call our switchboard at 347-855-8831. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Good morning and uh, welcome to episode 80. This is Understanding the Law Radio, and we're going to be talking about understanding business today on our Thursday weekly program. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to be joined by professional wrestler and founder of the Independent Wrestling Federation, Kevin Knight. He'll be calling in to talk about social responsibility. Uh, we're going to talk about the NFL and the scandal that's brewing there and uh, community service and that sort of thing. I want to remind everybody that if you have uh, questions or you want to join this conversation today, give us a call, 347-855-8831, and uh, you'll be connected to the switchboard, and we'll try to get you on live so you can ask your questions or talk to Kevin or myself. I also want to remind you that on Blog Talk Radio, we have an open chat, so you can uh, ask your questions via chat. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+. All the links to those sites are located on utlradio.com. There's also a player on utlradio.com, so you can listen to this show live. I want to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor of our show is Audible. Uh, if you go to audibletrial.com forward slash utlradio, we have a special offer for our listeners. You're entitled to a free download of an audiobook. Uh, no obligation. You have uh, also a 30-day free trial of the Audible uh, software and, and uh, programs. You can download thousands of books, uh, everything from business topics to fiction. And you know, with this URL, you get your free audiobook. So why not? No harm in uh, in getting something free, right? So it's again audibletrial.com forward slash UTL Radio and download your free audiobook today. I also want to remind everybody that uh, it's important that you engage with us so that we understand what topics you want to hear, that um, you know, we're hearing from you feedback-wise. Do you like the topics? Do you like the guests? Do you like what we're talking about? Uh, what can we do to provide you with better information and better understanding of business and the law? So um, you know, just want to remind everybody to, to join in. 
post on Facebook, Twitter, and our other social media pages. Let us know what you're interested in hearing about, and we will bring that to you. I do want to thank everyone who has continuously joined the conversation, called into the show, and posted on our social media, because it does help us focus the information that we're providing to you. Kevin, is that uh, you with us? Kevin, you with us? I'm there, Pete. How are you? Good. Welcome back. Thanks for being on again. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on uh, this great program. I look forward to it every time. We got a lot of good feedback from the last time you were on. Um, Kevin had a ton of good information. And if you remember, you can um, you can actually go back and, and download that episode and uh, listen to it again. But when we talked about everything from how you start a business, how you get involved, in a business that you're passionate about. I mean, we did everything last time, so it was a really good show. We got a lot of good feedback. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we we covered the gamut. It was a fast-moving hour. It was. <laughs> well, today I want to do something a little bit different. I want to talk to you first about you know where you are. I know that you have had a lot of things going on with your business, the Independent Wrestling Federation. Um, I've been out. I've seen a couple shows. It's great. I know that you just haven't, you know, but within a year, within six months, a new facility. So we're going to talk about that and uh, what you have going on. But then I want to talk to you about social responsibility um, and in, in the context of business, small, large, medium, it doesn't make a difference. And that's going to lead us into a discussion about the current NFL scandal. And uh, so I hope you're up for that today. Ready when you are. Okay. So tell us a little bit about where you are with your business, because aside from it being a, a very great launching pad for people who are interested in becoming professional wrestlers and uh, joining you know, WWE or, or wherever they're going to go with it, it's a business. And I think that, that that's where we're going to focus today. How has your business evolved in the last six months? What's new and what are you looking forward to in the future? Yeah, it definitely is. A business. It's called the wrestling business, not wrestling friends, and it's called that for a reason. So since we last spoke, we opened our new location in Nutley, New Jersey. We were previously located in West Patterson, which is now called Woodland Park in New Jersey. We were there for 12 years, so we're up and running again in Nutley. So it's been uh, just about five months in our new location, and we do the wrestling training where students and prospective professional wrestling stars can get their foot in the door in sport enter- sports entertainment and learn the basics and work their way up the IWF ladder, and hopefully in a couple of years they can get looked at by the WWE to eventually maybe make a career and have a full-time living as a professional wrestler on WWE Raw and SmackDown. And in our past, we've we've been very successful since we last spoke. We had a couple more of our wrestlers get tryouts, where the WWE will take a look at our top girls and guys, take a look at them and in uh, tryout situations at local Raw and SmackDown television events in the Northeast. So now in our history, we've had uh, about 39 wrestlers, referees, managers, girls get tryouts, and 11 of them have been signed to do full-time work, whether it's wrestle 
referee. I work behind the scenes in TV department. That's a pretty good rate of success. So we've just continued the ball rolling since we moved into our new location. We do the live events twice a month where the students and graduates can perform in front of live audiences to showcase their skills in a family-friendly two-hour show. And then in addition to the training and the events, we also do kids' birthday parties. Actually, not just for kids. We do birthday parties for all ages. We've done them from ages 2 to 50. And they have a nice time. They get dinner. We do a small wrestling show for them. So we have the business diversified in those three areas, birthday parties, wrestling training, and live events. It's it's a great model, and it's one of the only schools of its kind, you know, on the East Coast. And you have had a lot of success, which obviously is due to your dedication and hard work, because you're the you're the, the brainchild behind this. You started this way back in college and developed it, and 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 you know, really made it what it is. So it's a great business model. Um, the events are are really amazing, and I'm not just saying that to blow smoke. Um, they really are amazing. They're well put together. It's not like you're going to see some hack presentation of wannabe wrestlers. It is a real high-quality show. You've got good training. It, it, the events are always packed, so it's really great. And you've, um, you know, you've had some really upscale people be at these events, former professional wrestlers, current professional wrestlers. It's a really great thing, and, and I really do encourage everyone to check it out because, um, you know, see for yourself. I'm not just saying it. Um, well, I appreciate it. Um, the events are always a work in progress, too. You're always looking to improve. Some events are better than others, just like anything, but you just got to keep on moving forward and learn from, you know, an event or a match that didn't go so well to try and improve it for the next time. But, yeah, we try to keep everything as, professional as possible, put on the best possible production that uh, our small budget can afford. You know, you you make the most with what you have. And it's an easier transition for our our graduates that are looking to maybe get a tryout with the WWE where we – it's not – so much of a shock when they go there for a tryout because our system is similar to how the WWE training model is with their training grounds in uh, Orlando, Florida, and their performance center. So our, our live events are a little bit different than the WWE. I guess that's where we differ a lot, where their Raw and SmackDown events are scripted, no different than a dramatic television show, NCIS, whatever the case may be. We have a lot more improvising and feeling it out there and going on the fly, which is what professional wrestling always was. So we we try to stick to the old school formula, but do the training process like the WWE does theirs and how they want their wrestlers trained. So this way it's an easy transition for when our guys and girls are looking to get noticed they already know the drill. They know the routine. They know what the WWE is looking for. Because they're really the only game in town. If you're training wrestlers, there's only one organization that needs to 
take notice of what we're doing, and that is the WWE, because there really is no place else to go. Yeah, that's true. Uh, for those of you who want more information about the IWF or Kevin, head over to CampIWF.com, and, and it's a great website. It uh, has Before we get off the air, Kevin will give you any additional contact information so you can reach out and, and, and talk to him, uh, schedule your birthday party, or you know, train to be a professional wrestler. Today I want to talk to you about some of the other activities that you guys do over there, and there's a lot of community involvement, and I think that that's really important for businesses of all sizes to focus on. I like to call it uh, social responsibility, and I think that it's something that is, is greatly overlooked. I think that people think that charity is meant primarily for attention-getting or taking their picture and submitting it to a paper. But I've seen some of your things. I've seen some of the activities that you're engaged in. We engage in similar activities. There's a difference between somebody who's doing a, um, a charity event solely for publicity. And you can always see through that when people do things like that. But I want to talk about the positive elements of social responsibility. Tell me what your view is on your responsibility as a business, as a, a, an entity who has the ability to reach out to a large number of people, what's your mission and how, how do you feel you have social responsibility in your you know, business as an owner? Well, I think it's important that not only us as business owners give back, but even just everyday people. I mean, I still consider myself an average everyday person. I just happen to run a business and I always believed in giving back and helping in the community and with different charitable and civic organizations. Even before I got into owning a business and being in wrestling, I remember being back in high school, being involved in different community organizations and charitable organizations and working in college at the radio and TV stations and still that time being involved in youth group at my local church where we did a number of different activities, fundraisers within the community. I think it's important for everybody to do that. And I started that at a young age and it's just something I just happened to continue when I opened the business. It felt natural to do it. Uh, you get a good feeling out of it when you can help other people or bring awareness to causes or just do something nice for somebody. So it's not only important for businesses and corporations to do it, it's good for everybody to go out and do something nice and help in charities and fundraisers and civic organizations, especially with kids too. Um, the world is a pretty crazy place, as we've seen, um, you know, month by month, year by year. It gets crazier and crazier. A lot of bad news out there. A lot of stuff gets you down. So it's important for all of us to be involved in positive activities, especially activities that benefit your local community. A business can only be as strong as the community it's in. So if we all give give back and pitch in and, and help out, it's a benefit for everybody involved. And especially it's good for kids to see that, that businesses and individuals are giving back to them. And it will be something that's instilled in them as they grow up and they go through high school and college to get involved in extracurricular activities. 
So it's a win-win situation for everybody, and the more people that get on board and help out and pitch in and build stronger communities, it's a benefit and something that's very positive for everybody. And it is our duty, especially as a business owner, to to do that since maybe we can afford to spend a little bit more money on helping out with local charities and fundraisers and people in, in need. You know, it's our duty to do it. But I think it's everybody's duty to uh, get involved in whatever they can. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that, like you said, you know, sometimes as business owners we have the ability to reach out to a greater number of people. We have the ability to perhaps give a little bit more of ourselves, not just you know, financially, but more of ourselves. And, um, you know, people take notice of it. So I think that it's got to be something within you to begin with. You, you can't open up a business and say, all right, what's next on my marketing and advertising budget? Oh, yeah, let's do, a, let's do an event so that people can see me. That you've got to get that out of your mind. But we do have the ability to reach into the community, sometimes more so than an individual. That doesn't mean individuals shouldn't go out there and do things like you said. But we've got that, that ability. And you said something that's really important, which is kids looking up to us in a way. They see what businesses are doing. They see what people are doing and kids need role models, and unfortunately, the NFL is in a bad spot right now, and I think that they have completely screwed up with respect to their social responsibility. You've got kids looking up for these players, and we're talking about all these domestic violence issues that are out there with some of these guys, um, Adrian Peterson, and, and every day now it seems that there are more people coming up and saying, you know, let me step down because they're going to investigate me and find out more. Have you been following the whole NFL thing? Oh, I sure have. You really can't escape it. I know uh, it was on, you talked about it on your show, was it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, you guys talked about it on your radio program yesterday. And it, man, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, on one hand, the NFL does do a lot of charitable stuff, and they're involved in the community and they do the breast cancer awareness and prostate cancer awareness. They're involved in numerous children's charities, and they do a lot of good. But on the flip side, they really don't care about the conduct of their players until sponsors start to drop out. So I don't know if you want to call the NFL hypocritical, I'm sure you have a better take on it than than me from a legal standpoint, but they really just did not care until there was a public outcry and issues that were going to affect their bottom line. It seems like that's when they began to circle the wagons and realize we have a big problem on our hands. But unfortunately it seems that the floodgates have been open and every day now there is going to be a new issue brought forward where I think it was, was it yesterday? Somebody else that came forward that there was abuse in 2006, 2008. I forget the player's name, but I know that, that uh, 
famed or infamous attorney Gloria Allred is now involved representing different women who've been abused by NFL players. And I think the floodgates are opened and I I don't know when it's going to stop. I mean, I'm interested again to hear your take on the situation as far as their responsibilities and being hypocritical where they, they do a lot of good, but you know, as long as you can run the ball and throw the ball and you're a productive player, they pretty much want you on the field. I mean, the NFL wants you on the field and the individual teams want you on the field. And it wasn't really until, you know, sponsors started speaking up when the teams and league could lose money. That's when the NFL really decided to take action. So I'm interested on your take as well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because it, you're exactly right. It's the sponsorship pullout with warnings, Anheuser-Busch, um, some of the other major sponsors of the NFL – that's going to affect their bottom line because these, these companies, whether they're doing it for social responsibility reasons or for their own liability protection, and I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'm going to be positive and say that some of it's social responsibility. Unfortunately, you know, having been and, and being general counsel for a number of companies, I know exactly what goes on in the boardrooms, and they're talking right. about how can we distance ourselves from this because we don't want to attract liability or hurt our bottom line because we're affiliated with an organization that's allowing domestic violence, child abuse, all sorts of other things to fall through the cracks. So, you know, I, I think that partially social responsibility, they realize that they want to be better in the community. I mean, people like Anheuser-Busch, they're, they're pretty well known for their commitment to communities and, and really kind of presenting a very positive uh, corporate image. So they want to distance themselves from it. I get that. You know, it comes down to this, and I, and I want your take on this. I played soccer in high school and college. I never played football. But I always knew that there's this sort of caste system in schools where – if you're a football player and you're really good, as a kid, you're treated differently. I remember being, I went to Don Bosco Prep, right? And so it's a very competitive uh, boys' school and a lot of testosterone. We had a really good soccer program, but an even bigger, better football program. So the football kids always got more. They always got better equipment. Alumni would always would um, you know donate money for the football program. So you're teaching kids at a young age, even in the junior football league, that if you're a really great football player, and I'm saying football, A, because we're talking about the NFL scandal, but B, because in a lot of other sports, take hockey, for example, I don't see that same mentality, but you have these kids being put on a pedestal. Then they get into high school, and the star football players are given the most attention. They're groomed to to be submitted to colleges. And you've got the athletic directors focusing on the number one or two or five, you know, players. And the rest of them, you know, I hope you had a good time. Um, but that's where they focus, <laughs> right? Then you get into college, and you either get in because you're a great football player. Sometimes, and it's true, and I don't care what people say about things have changed, there are people that are not qualified ed- educationally to be in college and to be playing football. You know, most Schools have mandatory grade requirements. If you drop below a certain GPA, you're kicked off the team. But that's overlooked for star players. And then you sure. go to the NFL, you're still a young guy. You're still a kid. 
and now you're making millions of dollars, and it gets to your head. And now you, know, you think, I think, in my opinion, I think you almost believe that you can do no wrong, that you're untouchable. What do you think about that? Yeah, and they're used to having uh, smoke blown up their ass since freshman year of high school, like you said, being the star on, on the football team because all the players that make it to the NFL were the star on their college team. And if you trace it back, they were the star on their high school team. So you're looking at a small group of select elite athletes that were just coddled, could do no wrong, believed they could do no wrong, had things covered up for them from day one, whether it was failing grades, whether it was in high school they got caught smoking pot, covered up by the athletic department and the lo- and their local police department. They're just used to it, and it's just a culture that's been created around star athletes, whether you're you know white, black, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. Richie Incognito, Aaron Hernandez, some of these most recent domestic violence occurrences in the NFL, uh, Richie Incognito is with the bullying, So you have white, black, Hispanic. It's not just any one ethnic group or background. It's just these players who've been in this culture, they could do no wrong. My conduct and behavior doesn't matter. There are no repercussions. And then, too, like you said, then they become millionaires, but they're still kind of surrounded by their posse that they hung out with in high school and college who may not have been the best role models or the best, most upstanding citizens and, you know, just just leads to bad things. They don't know how to handle success. Maybe they're not. I know the NFL and other sports, they do symposiums in preseason and spring training to teach players about life skills and money management. And I remember reading an article, I think it was last week, in the wake of all the NFL domestic violence uh, allegations and occurrences that one player said that half the players are sleeping during these symposiums in preseason and training camp when they're going over money management, life skills, social skills, media skills, how to to speak to the media. I mean, it's obvious that Reggie Bush was sleeping when they had these symposiums because the stuff he's talked about, how in years past he used to discipline his one-year-old child. I mean, it's almost like these guys don't even think they're doing anything wrong. They they don't even know right from wrong. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. And I I, I just don't understand how, how this is going to change. And the NFL and all sports, but seemingly more the NFL, is a sport that caters to aggressive athletes with aggressive personalities. We're basically – to be in the NFL, to make it that far, to be that much of an elite athlete where you have one of the few full-time positions in the NFL. I mean, how many players are in the NFL? Is it 1,500, 1,300, 1,200, around that? So just think of the odds of making it there. You have to be the best of the best and the most elite. And deep down you have to have that aggressive – almost animalistic 
mentality to play that game where on any play from scrimmage, your career could end, whether it's a knee, an ankle, a neck, concussion. So you kind of have to have that careless, caution to the wind, animalistic mentality to play in the NFL to begin with. And I think that that spills over into their everyday life, a lot of the players. And I think they just can't separate on-field from off-field aggressive behavior. I think it's just in a lot of the players' nature. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I think that from, from you know, we're talking social responsibility for business, I think that they're not doing what they should do because, you know, Peterson, Adrian Peterson from the Vikings, he's going to be getting $691,176 a week not to play football. Amazing. Insane. Insane. Most people never see that kind of money in their lifetime. And here's a guy who has done something wrong. And, and we'll just use the word wrong. We're not going to get into you know, the allegation, but wrong. And he's getting almost $700,000 a week to sit home and do nothing, right? It doesn't make any sense. So well, the, and the, it seems that the Players Association unions are so strong yeah. that the leagues, whether it's the NFL or Major League Baseball, the only way around having a grievance filed or being sued by the players association is to still pay them while they're quote unquote out on administrative leave. I guess that's the way to get around it. They still have to pay them unless they are, I guess, convicted and in jail. But I mean, aren't there, aren't there uh, moral clauses in the contract or professional? Uh, I can't think of the term professional behavior clauses, code of conduct clauses, you know. It's amazing that they could still be paid while this is going on. Well, you know, that's an interesting point because in most business contracts, especially for larger corporations, and especially when you're dealing with independent contractors or, um, you know, people that they're bringing on board that might be consultants or whatnot, you see in all these contracts a provision that says, this contract can be automatically terminated if you do anything to injure the reputation of the company. Now, it's not just the players who are injuring the reputation of the NFL. It's the commissioner. It's the coaches. And you see things like the Minnesota Vikings owner saying just the other day, oh, we made a mistake. Because originally, remember, when they heard the charges, they said, it's okay, he can play while the investigation is ongoing. And then they backpedaled and said, all right, we made a mistake. That's, that's an insincere apology because all they cared yeah. about was having Adrian Peterson on the field because they're going to win because he's good. So, you know, that's not social responsibility. That's covering your ass because you screwed up. And now you're going to you know, appeal to the public and say, we're, we're sorry. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being able to make decisions. Everybody's going to make mistakes. Corporations make mistakes all the time. Sure. And, and we're fallible. But come on. You have an allegation like this, and you're going to allow this guy to play because money is more important than 
your duty as a corporation to act appropriately. Forget about morally, ethically, just appropriately. My favorite was, uh, I think it was last week, when the Carolina Panthers owner held a, a news conference and was openly weeping about all the domestic violence issues in the NFL and how bad he felt and how it was tarnishing it, the league, yet he was still allowing a player, uh, Hardy, on his own team to continue to play while he's doing this press conference. And then it was, you know, a day or two after that he then decided to put that player on the inactive list who had, you know, the allegations and convi- I, I believe he was convicted. I'm not sure the allegations against him, but you know, to follow up on what you said, what I'm trying to say is every owner involved in this, every league official and the commissioner have made the wrong decision every step of the way, this whole issue. None of them have done anything right. And this is supposedly supposed to be smart businessmen with smart lawyers and smart advisors, and they have botched everything. You could not do a worse job. And the commissioner has not been heard from in, what, a week and a half? I don't I don't understand what, what's going on. I mean, I, I think that, like we just spoke about a couple minutes ago, how these players are conditioned that they can do no wrong. You're the best. We'll cover it up. Don't worry about your grades. Don't worry about your behavior. I think that a lot of the owners and league officials and the commissioner have this mentality also where they think that the NFL can do no wrong. And what really surprised me, I remember reading in the offseason, this is when I knew something strange with the NFL, when word got out that not only were they going to continue to not pay the musical act, that performs at halftime of the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. that now they wanted the musical acts to pay the NFL to play at halftime in return for the amazing amount of free publicity that that musical act gets and that they can, you know, promote their music and their upcoming tour. Like, you know, Beyonce, when she performed at the Super Bowl, the same with Madonna, you know, they had a new album released on iTunes that week and they were launching their tour so they got a lot of publicity out of it but still that struck me as as strange that wow that's a lot of nerve from the NFL where not only are they going to continue to not pay the halftime acts at the Super Bowl but they want to be paid by whoever it's the Rolling Stones or uh, ACDC you know you got to pay us and I just said wow that that's a ballsy tact for this league to take. Who do they think they are? And now you see all these other instances of domestic violence and covering things up, not caring and turning a blind eye. It's just like, wow, who the hell does the NFL think they are? And you know what? 
what goes around comes around. They are really, really taking it, you know, taking a huge wave of negative publicity. And, you know, a lot of decisions they made are coming back to, uh, to bite them on the backside. You know, from a business model, you look at them and you say, what can we as an organization do better and avoid situations like this? And, and clearly you're going to have to just draw a connection because obviously most businesses are not the NFL. How could they have handled this better? And how can I apply what I've learned to my business, small, large, in between? If you have employees or you've got situations with clients or customers, how can you look to do things differently than the NFL? What is your social responsibility? What do you owe your company, your clients, your employees? How do you handle things internally, externally, and, and look at how the NFL is screwed up? The one thing that's really interesting with the NFL is I don't think they care because similar to the WWE, the NFL is the only game in town if you want to play football. They make so much money that it's, it's just absurd. That's why... People like, um, you know, Adrian Peterson can make so much money per week sitting home. And you mentioned Greg Hardy from the Panthers. Greg Hardy was convicted of domestic violence in July and, you know, is, is receiving, because he took voluntary leave in, in light of all this flack that everybody was getting, um, and he's got a, a, a trial coming up concerning this conviction, probably a sentencing trial. I haven't followed exactly where it is. Um, but he's getting paid. He's getting paid for this. So, you know, I, I think that they just don't care. In law school, there was this case that, that was always a case. Some really, really old case from the 1800s. It talked about a business owner that owned a lot of docks. And did that business owner need insurance? And they weighed the expense, the cost, to the risk. And they said, you know what, if we have one instance where we're liable per year. We're still going to make more money by not paying insurance. And so we're going to just take that risk. And I think, and I want to know what you think, do you think that the NFL takes these calculated risks because the loss of money is so insignificant to them in, in, in light of what they bring in on an annual basis? Do you think that they're not putting proper safeguards in place, doing the right thing because they don't care because it's a, a risk-to-benefit analysis? I, I just think that they honestly thought it would blow over like everything else, especially considering the Ray Rice situation was going on as week one of the opening of the NFL season was coming up. And – all the games on week one were amazing. Some games going down to the last play. They had a great Sunday night game, a great Monday night game. And I just think that they hoped it would blow over, that once the ball was kicked off, everybody would forget about it. You know, that their fantasy teams would be more important than the Ray Rice situation. And I don't know if they took a calculated risk, as much as they just were wrong in their calculations, thinking it would blow over, 
and nobody would care once the season started and once the game started. And they were so wrong, and now they're trying to backpedal and correct all the mistakes that they made because now it, it's it's an issue, too, that, I mean, the reason why the NFL, or one of the reasons why the NFL is so popular now is that, I mean, the amount of viewers that they get is staggering. And it's a lot of families watching, and they have a big female audience as well, too, now, the NFL, something different that they didn't have before, which is why they have Carrie Underwood or whoever, Rihanna, singing the opening theme song for Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football, you know, because they have a big female audience. And I think that with these domestic violence situations going on, that female audience got enraged, as did the male audience, too. So, you know, they're they're getting it from all sides now. They miscalculated thinking it would blow over, and now they're not reacting until something really drastic has happened. Very similar, I mean, you, you mentioned in your question with the WWE about being the only game in town like the NFL thinking they could do, do no wrong. There were many years that the WWE thought they could do no wrong, where for a period of... 10 to 15 years, they had wrestlers, not necessarily just wrestlers under contract, but guys that used to wrestle for them, as well as, you know, wrestlers from all over the world, they were dropping dead. I mean, it was almost like once a month, a new wrestler would be dead. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, a tragic passing, a heart attack in 2005. And then it was not until the Chris Benoit situation in 2007, where he murdered his wife and his uh, young child and then took his own life. And it wasn't really until then that the WWE took action in having better drug testing policies as well as wellness policies to keep a better check on their wrestlers' health as well as do concussion testing to make sure everybody still is, you know, in good shape, still has all their faculties about them. And it seems with a lot of these major corporations, they don't really take action until something drastic or deadly happens, which, you know, want to try to be proactive rather than react to these situations. Yeah, and I think that that's a really great lesson for business owners to, to learn. You can't sweep things under the rug. Things are not going to go away. You can't hide it. Um, you know, we deal with a lot of people that have uh, government. Especially now with social media. Yeah. Nothing yeah. goes away. No, it doesn't. And we all, we all make mistakes. We all, I mean, there really isn't a day that goes by where I say, wow, I wish I would have done this differently. I wish I could have phrased this better. Or I wish I didn't um, handle this situation like that. I mean, not on the scale of what's going on in the NFL, but just even just daily business decisions or, or, or whatever. And you always try to learn from that. But it's amazing to think of this disaster that they've gotten themselves into, you know, in a league supposedly run by smart business people. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it comes down to greedy business people, and that's something that you yeah. have to you know, and I think that um, you know, what's really critical is to, to, to remember that there are going to be issues 
business. There are going to be things that you cannot control. We deal with a lot of companies that have government tie-ins and government contracts. And occasionally, somebody shows up and makes a mistake. And, and just recently, we had such an incident with a client. And the other attorney who was representing another member of, of this organization, his suggestion was, yes, we've made a mistake. Now let's see how we can cover it up. And I, that's not how I work. And when we were talking to our clients, you know, the, the decision made was, you're going to be truthful because there's still a benefit to telling the truth. But in today's modern uh, capitalist, greedy society, truth is irrelevant. It's what you're going to get caught with. How can you hide it? How can you cover it up? What's going to go away? And that's those responsible manner. The NFL, you said it. They tried to just to brush it under the, the, the carpet, see where it's going to land, and then deal with it. And then their response is to hire former FBI director whose firm has tie-ins with the NFL. How is that, a, a, um, you know, an objective investigation? Right, uh, Robert Mueller? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's like it, I, we're a very forgiving society where if the NFL came out two weeks ago and they just said, we messed up. We didn't handle it right. Our eyes weren't as open as they should have been. We missed some of the signs. Uh, this is what we're going to do to correct it. Pete, it would have been over. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, in a way, mistakes can be good because if you realize it and correct it, it's good information to improve for the future. And you could set an example for others, too. And we're very forgiving. And you just admit you make a mistake. And they just did not do it. They just wanted it. And it's almost like they still want it to just go away. And it's not going to happen because you could see that the tidal wave has started. And I don't know how it's going to end, but every day, just like yesterday, Jonathan's Wire came out another one domestic violence arrested how how do the players not learn don't they see what's going on and another guy was arrested for it yesterday i don't know when it's going to end and i don't know what the answer is i what do you do you think that the nfl even knows what to do or still knows how to handle this or are they just i don't know what do you think i think they're so blinded by by money because that's what the NFL is about. And, and that's okay, because we're in a capitalist society. Sure. In place to make money. Nobody goes into a business saying, I hope I don't make any money this year. Right. But, you know, you've got these, these kids coming up that are ill-prepared, mentally. Um, they, they, a lot of them come from very poor families, and now they're given all this money and all this freedom and all this fame. And this is something that's played out over the years with, with many celebrities and you can see how how they just walk down the, the, the path of tragedy because they're not used to this fame and fortune. But the NFL as um, as a business, I mean, I would like to look at this as all these players are employees of the NFL. And as employees, 
you have a, or as an employer, you have a duty to serve people and manage the people that are under you. Train them. Give them appropriate information. And, and while we do have some of these programs in place, part of me feels like, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, look, we're doing this and everybody's okay. It's just enough to make people think that they're doing what they should be doing, not really doing it because that's going to cost too much money. That's going to take out star players who might have felony convictions and right. now lose, you know, star players. So I think it's, it's – but, again, that translates over that attitude when you see businesses getting away with things like that. It, it, you can see it in major corporations. How many corporations, even back to, to the Exxon Valdez issue, everybody deny, deny, deny. And, and then you get caught, and then it's, you know, you're looking for, for sympathy, and you want people to forgive you. But how many of us, even in the consumer market, look at companies that make a mistake, and they say, look, we're voluntarily recalling this because. Am I not going to shop with that that, that Right. Company? No, I feel it happens. Yeah, they've done something right, and, and that's an important lesson. I know that in my business, I know that in the businesses we represent, things happen where people we make mistakes, but you know you address it. You don't shy away from it. You confront it. You know it's 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 akin to the way we handle, at least in my firm, legal arguments in in briefs. So if I have a client and I know that there is an issue that is going to be brought up by the other side, we've made a mistake. I don't wait for the other side to address it. I call it out right in the papers and I say, you know, here's what we did. And we know that this wasn't the best way of handling it, but they did this. And I, I highlight the fact that, you know, well, we've made a mistake. We're identifying it. It takes a lot of the thunder out of the other side. And it's the same thing, the same way of thinking. If you're a company and you have a problem, somebody does something wrong, address it, steal the thunder, make everybody realize that you are socially responsible, and move on. But that's not what the NFL does. That's a great point. That's a, a great way to put it. I totally agree. Where when you do get out in front of it and acknowledge it, there should be, I think people appreciate that. Oh, they made a mistake. They owned up to it. This is what they're going to do to correct it. Fine, it happens to all of us. Everybody makes mistakes every day. What you don't want to do, like you said, by ignoring it, denying it, covering it up, pretending it never happened, not only does it make it worse because it's going to come out in the long run, it's going to cause you more embarrassment, it's going to cost you more dollars down the line, it also makes you seem clueless. That's the thing with the NFL where, you know, Roger Goodell is on CBS. We never saw the tape. Nobody in the NFL saw the tape. We didn't know the tape existed. Then the next day, the AP reports and has a voicemail from the NFL confirming, oh, yeah, they got the tape. They watched it. Here's the voicemail of them acknowledging they got the tape. So you just come off looking really clueless. And, you know, it's embarrassing as well, in addition to the denials and covering covering it up and the money lost. Yep. And, you know, we're talking about the NFL now, and next year this is going to be a memory because 
people love football. Where else are you going to watch football? So this will eventually, it has a negative impact, but it will blow over. And I think the NFL knows that. But when you're a small, mid-size, or large business, internationally, nationally, you might not have that, that ability to bounce back because people might not need your product or services. There are other places to go. And when you screw up and don't acknowledge it and lie about it, they will then lose all respect for you. Your credibility is out the window. Why would I go to this doctor, dentist, lawyer, manufacturer, car manufacturer, whatever it might be, if they're not going to tell me the truth and I can go somewhere else where they are going to be honest with me? Right. Important lesson to learn. But on su- Sunday afternoon, there's nowhere else to go to watch football but the NFL, and they know that. That's the thing. And they try to take advantage of that fact. This is similar to what happened in Major League Baseball 10, 12 years ago when the steroid and drug scandal in baseball really started to become an issue. And for years, Major League Baseball pretended there was no problem. Then they put in the bogus drug testing. Then you have A-Rod on TV apologizing to you. Then he's caught again a year later having used drugs, supposedly, and baseball did suffer in popularity. You know, their popularity goes down a little bit year after year after year, but when all these guys that were jacked up hitting balls 500 feet out of the ballpark, attendance was up, ratings were up, baseball was at an all-time high, and that scandal did hurt them, all the drug use and the steroid use and the allegations, because for years people were just talking about Steroids, steroids, A-Rod, and it got old and people didn't want to hear about it and they lost interest in baseball. Now the pace of the game is hurting the enjoyment of baseball. So we'll see. I mean, if this is something that continues to drag on week after week, month after month, which it might, you know, not that the NFL is going to go away, but their popularity could dip a little bit coupled with the fact the concussion issue that they ignored for years also. And you talk about uh, a league like the NFL that's basically untouchable. They can, in the long term, weather this storm, unlike other small mid-sized businesses or corporations who really couldn't suffer or weather this storm of negative publicity. The ridiculous small amount that the NFL gave to the retired players' funds for their medical issues was, you know, pocket changed, pocket change, you know, to the NFL, what they gave these retired players who have all these medical conditions. And I think it's just that prevailing attitude in the NFL amongst the commissioner, the administration, the league owners and the players that, you know, they just think who the hell they are. And it's coming back to bite them a little bit. You know, I I have a question for you because of, you know, your knowledge of professional wrestling and we talked about steroids a second ago with Major League Baseball, but I um, I used to be around bodybuilders. I, I know what steroids are, how they work. I know that people still use them. And you've got organizations like WWE, like football, like Major League Baseball. Steroid use is not eradicated, as many people would like to believe it is. I don't believe that the drug testing applies the same to everyone. And, um, you know, you look at people 
especially people in the WWE, because they require a great deal of strength, stamina, you know, uh, recovery. And there are people that I've seen, uh, especially, you know, I don't know if you've watched that show, Total Divas. You seen that? Uh, once, actually. There's a couple people on that show that um, I have a hard time believing are not using steroids. And yet the message that they send to their fans in public is, no, we don't do that sort of thing. What do you, what right. do you think? Do you think steroid usage is, is non-existent in the WWE? I think it depends who you are. It depends if you're a top money-making bankable name that sells tickets and you know people are going to tune in when they're on camera. I think that they are conveniently not notified to be in line for the drug test where they are passed over. Because I totally agree with you that there are a few guys, maybe five or six, that there's no way that they are human. And it depends who you are that you can get away with it. And so even though since the Chris Benoit that they've really cleaned up their act a lot with the drug testing and the concussion testing and wellness testing and rehabilitation programs for wrestlers, not only current wrestlers on their roster, but anyone that was ever employed by them that has a drug or alcohol program, the WWE will put them through a paid rehabilitation program. I think it does depend who you are, and you can still <clears throat> get away with doing certain things because it's obvious just by looking at certain guys to know that that's not just from protein shakes and creatine, that they're that big, especially with some of the travel schedules that these guys have wrestling, traveling, media appearances, some go into movies, you know that they don't have four, five, six days a week to dedicate going to the gym. So some of them are allowed to get away with shortcuts. I'm sure the same is in the NFL too. I mean, the, the guys on the offensive, defensive lines in the NFL, especially the offensive lines, you know, 25, 30 years ago, these guys averaged 260 pounds. Now the guys on the line average 330 pounds. And that's not all from pancakes and, and protein bars, you know. So that's why this week it was announced they're, they're trying to pass through the HGH testing in the NFL, which I'd be shocked if they ever passed that. You know, the same in Major League Baseball. They don't have the testing for the HGH because that would require a blood test, and they think that that's an invasion of privacy. So, same with the WWE. I don't think they do blood work in, in those tests. So that's how some of the athletes are able to get around the uh, the HGH. So it's an interesting uh, interesting issue. You know, the one thing... And it does, does send a bad message to the kids. It absolutely does. And I think that what you said about WWE and, and the, the the main money makers, the, the faces, whether it's the NFL, Major League WWE, I think those people will always be given a free pass. And then you look at, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but there was a wrestler, um, a, a younger girl, I think she was paired with Santino a few 
months ago who was arrested in Walmart for stealing either an iPhone or uh, iPad case. Oh, was this the one that was that was fired and then hired back before the end of the day? Yes. Now, she was immediately fired. So you look at that from a social responsibility standpoint and you say, did they do the right thing there? And I would say, yeah, probably. If she was arrested and you don't want to be associated with that, that's a bad message. You've got all this positivity that you're giving to kids. You know, do the right thing. Don't be a bully. And now you've got somebody who has been caught shoplifting. You know, I think they did the right thing, but then they come back and they rehire her because now after further investigation, they realize that it was accidental. She didn't mean to do it, or so she said. But I wonder if people like John Cena, if he had done something like that, would that even be an issue? Would it be swept under the rug? Would they have immediately (laughs) taken the position of it was a mistake versus of it's the rhythm? I think in any business, any walk of life, it depends who you are, and that determines what you can get away with, what will be ignored, when they're going to look the other way, and it's, you know, happens everywhere, but now the NFL, it's really burning them, because they tried to look the other way, the Baltimore Ravens tried to look the other way, and it's really, really hurting them, so I guess you can get away with some things just for so long. And one day you're not going to be able to get away with it anymore. And now the NFL is finding that out, that they just can't get away with their players doing and behaving however they want and getting away with this. It's it's a different world out there now. and Everybody's piling on, so to speak. I know it's hard to say this, but I think that one of the key lessons that you need to learn as a business owner is consistency. If you have policies... It's got to be consistent. It's got to be across the board. You cannot make exceptions because, A, it undermines your authority. B, it invalidates all of your policies and rules. And, C, it's doing a disservice to your organization because at some point somebody's going to find out. Right, because Greg Hardy of the Carolina Panthers was not a major star. Rex, uh, Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson have more names. And that's when it really, really became true, where the Greg Hardy situation, they could kind of keep that hush-hush, you know, but when it happens to Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson, whose picture is on the season tickets and the media guide and pictured on the new stadium that they're building in Minnesota, you know, it's hard to hide it when it happens to a, a major, major player where, you know, same rules apply to all. It'd be great, but, you know, that's never going to happen. But hopefully now this will lead to different policies and procedures that the NFL can come up with that could be maybe a standard that other businesses and corporations can follow. That's what the NFL should have done. Look, we made a mistake. We mishandled it. We didn't have anything on the books or on the board about how to handle this but we're going to work to come up with a uh, guidelines and procedures of how to handle this, where if they're accused of something, this will be the action we'll take. Then if they're convicted or indicted or, or whatever, they have a court case coming up, then we'll handle it this way. Where they actually could have gotten out in front and been the, the standard on how to handle this. Instead, they just ignored it, hoped it would go away, 
and now they're really, really in an embarrassing situation. Yeah, that's the lesson to be to be learned here. Come out, come clean, take responsibility. It won't be so bad. But um, you know, I, I think that uh, it, it's really something that we should look at, not just from a, a, a let's stand by as uh, rubberneckers and gawk at what they've done. I think that as business owners, corporations, you need to look at this, follow the model of what they did, uh, you know, look at, at what they're doing now, and do the exact opposite. So. Yes. Kevin, I'd like to thank you so much for being on again. Um, it was it was really, really a great talk. Um, this time, slightly different than last time. Uh, you guys have some stuff coming up, right? You have um, beginner classes starting uh, in October. Yeah, we have our next beginner class for aspiring wrestlers, referees, managers, and divas starts on Sunday, October the 5th where we start new beginner classes the first Sunday of every month. So October 5th is the next one for beginners. For teenagers, ages 13 to 17, we do youth clinics. So we have a three-day youth clinic Thanksgiving weekend, as well as another youth clinic the week between Christmas and New Year's. So this way the kids that aren't 18 and older who can't join our regular program yet, they can get started in our teen clinics. And then our next big live event is Sunday, September the 28th at IWF Center in Nutley at 5 o'clock. The Jets and Giants aren't playing at that time, so you won't miss any of the local football action. So come out to our show. And all the info about everything we offer, including the birthday parties, is on our website at campiwf.com. Great. You can also follow Kevin on Facebook and Twitter and the IWF. All the links are there on his site. Make sure you engage with him. Uh, go check out what he's got going on. I've I've been on the site. There's a whole bunch of new uh, new product out there, new T-shirts and things like that. So I encourage everyone to go do it. We're talking about social responsibility today, and I can tell you that uh, Kevin and the IWF they live up to the model that we're trying to set as a standard for people. They give back to the community. They're not looking for handouts. They're not looking for people to say, "Wow, they're so great." They're doing it because it's the right thing to do. At, um, and and his, Kevin's ability to teach kids to try to teach them and, and you know push them in the right direction, I think is very admirable. So go check it out. Kevin, thanks again for being on. Thank you very much, Pete. I enjoyed it, and hopefully we'll do it again down the line. Absolutely. All right, I'll talk to you later. I'll see you at uh, one of the upcoming shows. Thanks again, and thanks to all the listeners. All right, bye-bye. So we talked to Kevin Knight from the IWF, Independent Wrestling Federation. And our, our conversation today focused around the NFL, social responsibility, and social responsibility beyond the fact that we should be giving and helping the community. Uh, sometimes you help the community by doing the right thing as a business owner, as a, a corporation. You help the community by setting the right example, by setting the right tone. And clearly in, in what's going on with the NFL and the scandal, they're not handling it the right way. I mean, Businesses, corporations, you know, when I say businesses, I'm referring to corporations, businesses of all sizes. Um, but businesses need to look at this and say, wow, look at how bad this is. Look at how this has injured the NFL. Debilitating injury? Probably not. They'll recover because it's the only football league that anybody cares about. Uh, but you as your corporation or business, you do something similar to what the NFL has done, lying, 
um, you know, not taking responsibility, not acting appropriately when you've got the communities across the country looking up to you, kids looking up to you, um, you know, it's, it's going to backfire on your business. Most companies, even large companies, I mean, you know, the AOL, the Apples, you do something like what the NFL has done, and it's going to have a, a drastic impact on your sustainability and on your customer base. Um, but this is a perfect model to look at and then to, to study where have they gone wrong, how have they impacted society in a negative fashion. How are they going to recover from this? When are we ever going to trust them again? So these are, are really important issues because businesses, regardless of what industry you're in, service, product, makes no difference. Credibility, reliability, belief in you and your product are what's critical for your success. So you lie to customers and clients, you deceive customers and clients, and you will soon not have customers and clients. And it's a very, very important lesson to understand. And that ties in to the idea of social responsibility beyond what you read about concerning charitable donations and engagement in the community. That's what some people believe social responsibility is, limited to those two things, but it's not. It's your social responsibility to act as an appropriate role model in the community, whether it's the local community or the community of the United States. So... I think there's a lot to be learned here. I'm interested in hearing what you guys have to say. And, and you know, one final thought here. I love football. I, I follow it. I watch it. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to say, simply because I love it, that they didn't make mistakes. And I think most analysts realize that they have made mistakes. But you're not going to have a sports analyst, somebody employed by the NFL, honestly speaking freely about what they feel because they get paid by the NFL. So it's not you know, completely objective. Um, but again, I'm not a hater. I love football. I just don't think that from a business model, a business standpoint, how they're handling things is appropriate. And I think that we as business owners can learn a tremendous amount from this current NFL scandal. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining me today. Make sure you subscribe to not only this podcast, but subscribe to our YouTube channel, there are a number of videos, not only videos of the shows after they air, but uh, educational, informational videos concerning legal rights and obligations. So check that out. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to leave your comment under the videos so that we know how you, um, you know, you're perceiving the videos. Is it helpful? Would you like to know about other topics? Um, we also encourage everyone, after the show airs, obviously it's, it's immediately available for download, on uh, iTunes and uh, various other uh, radio and podcasting sites. Listen to the show and send us your feedback. You know, go to, uh, to our homepage for the show, utlradio.com. Click on any of the social media links. Contact us directly via email. Let me know what you think so that we can provide you with, um, with better and more um, you know, appropriate content that, that you want to hear because it's not about me sitting here talking to people uh, it's, it's about what I can do to give you out there whether you're an individual or a business information and better understanding uh, I also want to mention that next Thursday the 25th of September uh, on understanding business 
which is today's show. We're going to have guest Lou Adler, and that's going to be a fascinating show. Uh, we're going to talk uh, at length with him uh, about how he handles human resources, and uh, it's going to be a very informative show. So we're, we're very much looking forward to that. Make sure to tune in. Follow along on our social media links. You'll see um, exactly what we're going to talk to him about and uh, give you some time to kind of get your questions together so that you'll be able to join the conversation and talk to him. It's going to be a great show. I also want to remind you that on utlradio.com, there is a show schedule. And uh, if you find this program informative, take a look over at the site and look over at the, uh, the program schedule. What you'll see is that we have a Monday show, and those of you who are regular listeners, you'll know my co-host is Bob Hughes. And that show is uh, Week in Review. We talk about recent legal news, and we get into some opinions and analysis. Um, in addition, we have a Tuesday morning live legal Q&A. Now, that's live both on the radio and on YouTube, so you can, uh, you can actually see it live and join in the conversation. Wednesday afternoons at 5 o'clock, we have uh, Understanding the Law Radio presenting Minding Your Business, and it's a, uh, anywhere between 30 to 60-minute program, and, and we discuss a single business topic. Last night, we discussed uh, the importance of patience and due diligence in making business decisions, and, and believe it or not, we actually tied in some lessons that we could learn from this Tuesday's episode of Sons of Anarchy. It's kind of fun. Uh, and then, obviously, we've got today's show, the Thursday morning show, UTL Radio presenting Understanding Business. We have guests, interviews, and we invite you to send in your questions and to call in. Remember to write down the call-in number. You can call in to any live show. It's 347-855-8831. You get connected to our switchboard, and we will bring you on so that you can ask your questions live on air. Also, final thank you to our sponsor, Audible. Remember to go to audibletrial.com forward slash UTL radio to get your free audiobook. It's a special URL um, that, that's issued only to us, and it's the only place that uh, you're going to be able to get that, that free download in the 30-day free trial. Also, final reminder, make sure you check out our app. It is a very good source of information about current legal issues. It has access to our full video library as well as uh, the ability to stream not only live but um, older issues or older episodes of Understanding the Law. And then the, the, you know, the real benefit to the, to the app, at least in my opinion and from the feedback we've received, is the ability for you to be able to ask a legal question through your app uh, on your iPhone or iPad and have that question be sent directly to an attorney in my office and you will get an answer back from a licensed attorney. No more searching on the Internet, hoping and wondering if you're going to find somebody that's got the answer for you. You're going to be directly communicating with an attorney. Um, this is part of our public outreach. This is part of our social responsibility. I feel that it's important to give back to the community and to give you guys a better understanding, both from a business standpoint and a personal standpoint, as to what the law is. So hopefully you all find that um, helpful and informative. And again, I'm reaching out to you looking for your feedback. So uh, Monday morning we'll be back live, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, with my co-host, Bob Hughes. We're going to talk about uh, the week in review. And until then, 
please remember that there's power in understanding the law. off. That's right. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. 